Well, hello, everyone. It must be Tuesday night because it's time for Confidence Strategies 101, and I'm Carmen Milagro. I'm your host. I'm a CBD educator. I am a confidence strategist, an entrepreneurist, and I wear lots of hats. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm like, I'm so excited about our show today because we just had this whole marketing brainstorming session, just an impromptu working session. And I just love those kinds of sessions with my guests and my friends. So we've got lots to share with you today. Um, if this is the first time that you're tuning in, just to give you a little bit of, you know, an idea of what I'm trying to do here on Tuesday nights, it's really about sharing this experience with you of these webisodes. They're designed to inspire you, uh, hopefully help you get out of your shell a little bit. Uh, we're sharing different perspectives and different viewpoints and different uh, conversations and personal stories. And that's really where my heart really resides is I believe that with each story that we hear, it becomes a part of our tapestry. We learn something about someone else and maybe it can jumpstart a new path or a new direction or a new idea for us. And we can't do that if we don't communicate, if we don't share those stories. So that's what I like to do every week. Um, I, I, I really treasure these webisodes because I get the honor and the pleasure of introducing you to incredible human beings who are living their best life, who are kind and generous because they're spending their time with us. So that's pretty much in a nutshell what these shows are about. Um, I just want to remind you that the best place to check out all the previous webisodes is on our Facebook page, Confidence Strategies 101 with Carmen Milagro. So you're welcome to join us there. And or you can check out my Carmen Milagro YouTube channel. Every webisode thus far is been has been sponsored by a, an incredible organization called Music City Hit Factory. So thank you to them for continuing to sponsor us. We're in the studio here under construction, and I can't wait to tell you all about what this is going to be. We're just about ready to launch all that information, and I will definitely be talking to you about this. But without further ado, I think I need to introduce our guest for tonight. Um, she's a super, she's a super, super special guest. All of my guests are special, but you know, every once in a while, there's someone who just brings such joy and light into the room and onto the screen. And she's one of them. Um, she's an artist, she's a painter, and she's willing to share her story with us today. She's got some insights as to how she's living her best life now. And Hopefully you will find the inspiration in her story as we spend a little time getting to know her. Why is Maria Peroy here with us today? Well, let me tell you, Maria did not have a fairy child, a fairy tale childhood. She lost her best adult ally at the age of seven, but she became an excellent student. She became an excellent student, though, out of fear. And even though she was battling deep insecurities, she was the first person in her family to get her MBA. But it wasn't until she turned 50 years old that she embarked on her childhood fantasy career, 
which was no longer fantasy, it's reality for her. She became the artist that she is today and she created her own life, the one that she wants to live on her terms. So without further ado, I'm gonna bring her on and we are going to say hello to Maria. Maria, hi. Thank hi. you, Carmen, you made me sound so exciting. You are excited myself to meet this person. And I realized, oh my gosh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. no pressure, no pressure, because a lot of times, as, as you and I both know, our art speaks for our, for us. But today we're going to, and we will get to that. But okay. today I really, I can't wait to really dive into your story. I just, I was so fascinated with the article that I read, which was in the press in Monterey. And I'm assuming that you are, you're here with us tonight in your studio in Monterey. Is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're the studio cat. Who's <laughs> there. Well, maybe I could show you the other end of the studio. Right. Oh, okay. Say oh. hello, Ziva Rose. It's too late for her. She's off duty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you for that, for that guest appearance. Guest appearance, yes. <laughs> the cameo appearance by mm -hmm. the studio. Um, I hope you don't mind, Maria. Um, I'm going to just like dive into some of the aspects of your bio that I really was fascinated by. And, you know, I always want all of my guests to know that if there is something that is not making you feel comfortable, you just we just move on. So no pressure. Just sit back and relax. I noticed you have a really pretty cup there. Oh, so a little homeless uh product positioning. This is I, one of my hearts. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to talk about all this. We don't have enough walls, so we have to put things on our cups and our t-shirts and you name it. Right, right. Well, yes. marketing 101 kind yeah. of goes side by side with confidence. Exactly. 101. Well, you know, when you first talked to me about doing this, I thought, this would be a great thing to do because so many of your people had wonderful stories about fabulous people in their life that have been mentors and supporters and all that. And I thought maybe it's kind of a good story to share with people too, that sometimes you can start from a place in life where you're sure that the only place you can go from there is a gutter and right. you can make a different kind of life out of it. So right. it's not always easy. Um, but you know, some of the fabulous people in, in life where my role models didn't have it easy either. So right. Exactly. And that, and thank you so much for sharing this aspect of it because it is important to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately the idea here is that we do get to share different stories and mm -hmm. different outcomes, but mm -hmm. the outcome is, and of course what, what I strive to share with people is that we have a choice in what our lives look like. Mm -hmm. So let's start a little bit at the beginning and, we'll, and then we'll kind of fast forward and then, I, because I definitely want to spend time on talking to you about, uh, literally about your artwork. Okay, great. So, um, you mentioned, or I read that at the age of seven, you lost your adult ally. Um, can you tell us a little bit, who was that for you? That who was my grandmother. And she was fabulous. And in, in my memory, at least she was, she was, she wore two-tone shoes, you know, uh -huh. spectator pumps, which yeah. to me, that was the height of cheek. Of course, yeah. Um, and um, 
she really made a fuss over me. She made me feel special and she was someone that was a great ally. And when she died, she was 52. And I thought she was old. I mean, I thought she was really ancient. But right. the truth is, <laughs> 52, you're just warming up at 52. Right. But she was a Southern lady and she had high blood pressure. And if you know Southern cuisine, it is not conducive to dealing with that. We're talking about a woman who salted watermelon, who right. salted bread. And mm -hmm. they didn't have medications as good then as they do now. She probably, who knows, she might even be here today if it were, you know, if things were different. But yeah, it was a big loss. I, I can't, I mean, you were seven. And was there? Well, she lived with us, my my father and my mother and at, at that point there were just just us okay. um <clears throat> my mother was ill seriously mentally ill okay. my father well let's just say if you had to apply for a parenting license he wouldn't have gotten it so she was my really special person right. and um her loss because she was clearly my mother's special person too um, led to my mother going to more of a downward spiral. But she also, when she lost her mother, she converted to Catholicism and popped out four more kids because it that's what made her feel good, what made her feel special. So um, it ended up, you know, that was a, a bit of a solution for a while. She died when I was 12. Um, and so that period between when I was seven and I was 12, I was changing diapers and, and I was working. Um, I don't remember being a child. And when I recently, for a project, I was looking for old photos to think about maybe doing some figurative work. I found, um, I could not find a single picture of me as a child where I was smiling. Oh. And I think that's telling. Sure. Children can smile. Right. And we hopefully we give them lots of things to smile about. But I thought, yeah, well, there it is. Right. But um, you, you were it seems like you were almost like this, like the archaeologist of your childhood in that moment. That's how I envision that. It was a pretty Dickensian childhood. When you talk about growing up poor, you can be poor in a pretty homey kind of way, like Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors. Wow. You know, that's heartwarming. That's heartwarming kind of poverty. And then there's a the kind of poverty that has people um, scrabbling. And basically, I was raised by wolves. And that was the effect of it. Um, so it wasn't a pretty picture. Right. And I retreated um, into a world that I created for myself by books. I love to read. We have um, that in common. <laughs> and I read everything. And I think some of my best, my best, in spite of having now, you know, an MBA, I think some of my best education came from novels. Right. Because it went down easy while I was being entertained. Sure. Um, and it made me kind of a weird kid, though, too. And I can tell you one situation that proves it. Well, I was reading things like, Jane Eyre and Jane Austen and, right. and and I didn't really know because I didn't interact with that many other people that that world wasn't 
accurate. So in the second grade, I had a crush on a little boy and I went to school with a handkerchief and I walked by his desk and kept dropping the handkerchief because you drop a handkerchief to get a guy's attention and then he picks up the handkerchief and you're like, there you are. After I sallied by his desk three or four times, dropping the handkerchief and then retrieving it and dropping it again, the holy sister got on my case and that was an end to that. But when I say I was a weird kid, I was. I got a little bit older, I had a little better judgment about reality. And so I haven't dropped a hanky since. Right. <laughs> oh. oh. Were, was there anyone that sort of replaced that, that your grandmother's, you know, position for you at, at some time? Not really, no. No. And when my mother died, my father was in the army and we were shipped overseas. And so any kind of connection I might've had to um, family, that was it, there wasn't anymore. So it was, it was very, um, it was a dark time, you know, it really was. But there were books um, and there was that kind of escapism and, um, and that, was, that was a real world for me. So sure. that, was, that yeah. was kind of okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I and you mentioned also, or I read also that mm -hmm. you you became an extraordinary. You became an excellent student, but you said that that was out of fear. What what do you mean by that statement? Okay, the and only thing that was good about me in my father's eyes was my intelligence. Everything else, my appearance, my weight, other things were. Uh, fodder for insults and, you know, the kind of thing that demoralizes a kid. But he recognized that I was smart. So since I got credit for that, then I was just going to be smart all the time. And um, the only problem was when I say it was fear motivated, it was A, losing, if you know, the one thing that I was good at if I wasn't good at that. And the other thing was anything below an A could get me beaten. And an A minus, you know. So oh, Marie. you get a lot of A's under those circumstances. And you learn a lot of discipline and you learn how to be a student and to do that kind of thing. Sure. Um, but you don't learn it because of an intrinsic love of learning. Mm -hmm. um, it's a survival mechanism. It's, so that's it's, what that was. It served me well, but it didn't come from a good place. Right. I That was my other part of that question was what was the upside? And and I do see this upside where you did excel. Yes. But I, I'm what I'm hearing, which makes me sad for little you, for young mm -hmm. you, that you were doing this. Not so much, like you said, from it's coming from within and it's what you're striving for, but but more like it's a survival. Yeah. There are not a lot of kids who bring a home a report card that was A's, A pluses, and one A minus and be afraid. Right. So, I can't think of one. But when I got all A's and A pluses, I did get my first transistor radio. So that was an upside. <laughs> there you go. And we do. I mean, I know that, you know, life... Mm -hmm. We all have our stories, and but I think there is something 
very important about even in reflection to try to see the upside, no matter if it's the tiniest thing or a big yeah. thing, because we, I believe, we intrinsically have the ability to reframe our stories whenever we need to, whenever we choose to. And for me, it boils down to it is a choice. I didn't have a perfect childhood either. I could dwell on all the chips or I can focus on the upside. And I get to be the hero. Exactly. Because <laughs> we're reframing it. We're rewriting. Exactly. Uh, and I don't or, think that's yeah. a Thing, you know, once I was a little bit older in high school, for example, there was an art teacher who was wonderful. Um, she kind of took me under her wing and uh, she really encouraged my artistic efforts. And she even submitted my work to some contests. And I won an award for the state of Arizona my senior year. And I didn't even know I'd been submitted. So <laughs> it was kind of exciting. And that kind of played into the whole. I want to grow up and be an artist thing. Right. Um, but she was uh, really wonderful and really supportive. That's so, incredible. There's, there's good people. Yes. I was going to say, I, I think sometimes we expect and we hope and our desire is that it's mm -hmm. someone who loves us and is related to us. But lots of times for many of us, we have had outside people, mm -hmm. like a teacher or a mentor or someone that, at least shows you a ray of mm -hmm. understanding and compassion and all those things that young people need. And, I and hope heroes and role models too. Exactly. You might not know them. Exactly. But Absolutely. Say, well, look at this person and look at that person. And particularly if they came from a, an, a place that wasn't easy. Right. Um, exactly. it, it is possible to live a different kind of life. Absolutely. And, um, my world or my imagination was full of lots of heroes. Yes. So, and oddly enough, they're still heroes today. Right. I, I have to say, Marie, I'm, I'm going to digress just a little bit, but speaking about heroes, I there's so much that as I'm talking to you, I realize mm -hmm. that we have so much in common. And I didn't really quite understand what it was that, when I met you was through another mutual friend of ours who is no longer here. I loved him so I love him so mm -hmm. much. I kind of think of him as a hero in a way. Mm -hmm. And it all makes sense now. He has mm -hmm. introduced me, Irv introduced me to several other women who are just as lovely and dynamic and full of life and creative like you. And it's just, it's taking this interview for oh. me to say that out loud to you because I didn't, I knew it and I felt it, but I didn't know why. I um, thought it was because we both like boots. <laughs> that could be it too. There is that. <laughs> There's definitely that. Yeah, I know the first time we met, we were in conversation and we spent a certain amount of time talking about boots. So yes, well, boots are a good subject that. too. <laughs> there's that. It's all art. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'd like to fast forward now. You're an adult. You got your MBA. Mm -hmm. What was what would you say was the defining moment when when you said enough, like life is too short or I don't know. Actually, I don't know if I'm out of order and sequence, but 
there was a moment that you had talked about briefly in the article that I read that there was this moment where you said enough and it's enough. Life is too short. Yeah. Be what I always wanted to be. I'm an artist. Like where did that, that turnabout happen? Was it confidence driven or was it something else that well, particular my moment? confidence had recovered quite a lot in the ensuing 40 some years. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I ended up with a, a, a business degree and an MBA. And, and that's honestly, I tell people, if I were brave, like my niece, who is a wonderful artist, her name's Chloe Allred, if you want to look for her, she went to art school. She got an MFA. She teaches art and she's fabulous. Her work is very political. Mine is kind of more decorative. But, but that was brave because coming from poverty and putting my way through college a minimum wage I was afraid to do an art degree. I had to do something that was going to make sure that I was absolutely positively never going to be that poor again. Um, and that led me to a career in the Fortune 500. Um, there was a point at which I decided enough of that. I was lusting after a corner office and I figured out all I needed was to go rent a corner office and I have a corner office. That was a breakthrough. So life is full of breakthroughs. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> And I ran my own business for a while, and that was really good. It was very satisfying in, in lots of ways. Um, but always I wanted to get back to art. And I was reading all the time about techniques. And I would meet with a girlfriend who was a painter. And I'd show her these little tiny things I was working on. And she's saying, it's only paper. Do something bigger. You know, she was she. She's a very dear friend and a wonderful artist, and she really pushed me to explore a lot of things. Right. Um, but the real breaking point was on a trip up in Arizona where my husband and I were in a car accident. We were both air ambulanced away from. Um, and I've got scars to show for it. There's a plate in this hand. There's a plate in the clavicle. There, there's stuff that got reconstructed. And there was a, for a while, there was like, I always knew I was going to be an artist someday. Right. And when I had that accident, I realized we might not get a someday. And that made a big difference to me. And that led to a series of cascading events that I sold my business in San Francisco. And, um, Instead of spending weekends in Monterey, I settled in Monterey, uh, downsized a lot of the expensive aspects of my life, right. went from a Lexus to a Nissan, yes. but did things that bought me something more important, which was time to, if you go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-actualize. And I needed the art to do that. Um, and kind of reclaim where I, I think maybe I wanted to be when I was seven right. and reclaimed it now. Right. Um, turning 50. You're, it was yeah. after 50. Well, you know, there's something to do with being 50 and my grandmother dying at 52. You think you don't always get time. Exactly. You just don't, you're not guaranteed it. And that auto accident was terrifying and it was, you know, <sighs> recorded the medical community more than I wanted to at the time, but it was, it was scary. And it thought, you know, do I, 
I remember this truck bearing down on us and the crash happened and it literally went to my mind. Is this how it ends? I didn't have my life flash before my eyes, but that phrase did. Right. And I just wasn't ready for that to be right. all it is. Um, and, you know, I started painting more. Um, I had, we've got wonderful living artists in California. It's so lucky. You don't even have to travel far. You can, <laughs> you can take classes from wonderful people. Um, I joined a local artist association. The first time I stood up in a meeting and I didn't say, oh, um, I'm Maria Peroy and I'm a broker and I also paint. But I stood up and said, I'm Maria Peroy and I'm an artist. It felt like a B-movie scene from Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> it was, but it was the first and only time I'd ever said that. It was like, wow. I'm an artist. How okay. powerful was I'm that? An artist who sometimes is a broker. You know? <laughs> but I'm an artist, and um, that was real important. And that organization has been um, good for a lot of people. Very helpful to a lot of people. I do demos for them. I call it my missionary work uh -huh. because so many people were at the stage where I wanted to be. They're interested in art. They're dabbling really tiny things, right? And I want to tell them the story that. It's okay to do something that's not perfect. And in fact, it might be better than doing something that's perfect because cameras can do that. Right. But when you bring your self and your experience to something, you create something new and it's more intense and it's more exciting. And so I try to kind of put the joy back in that experience for people when I do a demo. Right. And, you know, and, um, I like doing demos for that very reason. I get to go out there and preach. I get to preach the gospel of creativity and turning yourself around and doing something different when you're 50 while you can. Right. And now I'm ancient, older, <laughs> older than dirt. I'm 68. Uh, you are not. I am. Yeah. I am no longer prematurely gray. I'm now absolutely earned gray. I love um, it. I say but that. if I didn't look in the mirror, I wouldn't always realize how old I am. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's I make it's, art every day in some way or another. When you get involved in making art, you never get bored again because there's always something interesting around you. So that would make a great painting or look at those colors. It's it's just right. you're more alive somehow. Right. Well, and. I, oh, I just love this because one of the questions that I had for you is, you know, we, I can't paint, <laughs> uh, but. Bet you could. <laughs> well, I can't draw a stick figure, you know. I'm, oh, that's the other thing people a... <laughs> say. They also say, I, I can't even draw a straight line. Right, exactly. I'm surprised at how rarely you need to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we all have our talents. Yeah. So I can't sing. Oh, my God. People <laughs> pay me to not sing. So, so, but, but when the artist resides in you, I just feel like you're, for me, I, I can't speak for anyone else, clearly, but I am so drawn to, and like, I gravitate to color and texture and everybody else's art. Um, yes. And, and, and so to me, that's how I, I pollinate. Yes, absolutely. When I want to get out of my head and really paint well, I crank up music loud. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. 
And one of the questions that I had, which you really already kind of answered is like, you know, I can walk around San Francisco and, you know, you see all those, those sculptures and you see new ones that mm -hmm. weren't there before. And, and your my eye just knows what is supposed to be there. And if something new, like the newest thing that I've noticed around my walks in San Francisco, you know, we had all those heart sculptures. Oh, yeah, those were great. Aren't they wonderful? And yes. I, this is leading somewhere. Uh -huh. um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but now I've noticed like there's these seals in the same sort of vein, you know, they're colorful seal sculptures. Yeah. Vancouver did whales, I think, yeah. and some other town did cows. Yes, and, and Seattle did something else. I can't remember now. It, it escapes me. But, but where I know that you're inspired by life and your surroundings, but where does some of your more like pinpointed, you know, inspiration? Where do they come from? Well, sometimes I dream about color. And I don't mean I dream in color, but I dream about color combinations. And I'm known as a colorist because for me, color is the, the shortcut to emotion. I mean, more than anything else, except maybe music, but I don't make music. Yeah, right. um, but I'll, I'll dream about color and then I'll, I'll wake up and, and need to do something with that. Um, but Poetry, if I read poetry, that can also inspire something. Talking to other people can. You know, I've done a series of paintings of hearts that came from my own favorite colors and things I dreamed about. And then I recently got this brilliant idea. I think it's a brilliant idea. <laughs> uh, I don't paint portraits, but I thought I talk to fascinating people all the time. And almost everyone, if you talk to them long enough, becomes fascinating. It's That's remarkable. Right. Yeah. But you find out something about that person and their orientation and their colors and the symbols and things in their life that are important and meaningful to them. And it's been a, a fun challenge for me to create art that is kind of um, a portrait of someone's essence, their soul, if you will. I, and I think I'm on to something interesting here. Do you have something to show I us? I, <laughs> I asked you to ask because I just like <laughs> I told you I had this idea and I said, listen, it might be a crazy idea and I don't know where it's gonna go, and it may not capture you at all, but the worst comes to worst, it'll be pretty. So pretty yeah. good. Because I'm all about decorative. But I made a Milagro heart. And I hope. Oh my God. And what makes it a Milagro heart? <laughs> yes. Your spirit animal, the hummingbirds are here. The colors just sort of came to me while we were talking. And this pink area, I, I told you before, I might make you cry again. This came from your mother. Yes. She told me you needed some pink there. And it's oh. got a little bit of a. A drippy texture here, which feels like emotion, and because you're sometimes your emotions are very close to the surface, you know. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I met you, you're a little tiny, energetic person. I she really is kind of a hummingbird. Oh. And so perfect. 
So I worked on that, and then I then I hit a little symbol ah. over here and there, which you can tell or not tell. Depending. Oh my gosh! But, is that is that where you put my my tattoo emblem? Right here. It's buried in there. It's it's mixed ah. with a lot of other lines and things that if you didn't know the key, it's like right. the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> if you didn't know oh. the key to that painting, you wouldn't notice that this was there. Oh my uh, gosh, Maria. I, yeah, I, I had so much fun with this. And I was just like really focused on what I knew about you, what I felt about you. And I hope, does it feel a little bit like you? I I can't even talk right now. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get you on the screen with the painting and not me. So hold on. Let me let me try this real quick. Nope, wrong one. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I just want to get us to the solo layout. Oh, there you are. Forget about me. We're just going to concentrate okay. on your artwork. There now. we are. This is the Milagro heart. Oh, my gosh. Maria, it is absolutely this is the Over here, this is the little secret with your tattoo. Thank you. I can't believe. So the, the hummingbird is also my connection to my mom. Mm-hmm. And there's two of them. Yes. There's one seated right here. And then there's one oh in the focal point. Oh my gosh, Maria. I I, I I am absolutely having a little bit of a breakdown here. So I'm glad oh. we're focusing on you right now. That's why I get the whole screen today. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely this, I can't say I was set I set about to make you cry. No, I, I did want to try to capture what I think your essence is in oh. this heart. And, you know, hearts, um, <laughs> I say I don't do pink, fluffy, girly candy box hearts. Right. I do hearts that I think are uh, deeper than that. Um, these are lighter colors than I usually use. I did one last year called Love in Hard Times. It's all in earth tones. Yes. And it's got like a cracked concrete texture and the flowers in it are datura, which are loco weed. Uh -huh. um, and it's just, to me, it's a, a, a really one of my special hearts. And I did another one that was called a jewel in the forest that had a lot of gold leaf, but birch trees and the heart floating around that heart lives in Slovenia now. Wow. So sometimes these hearts go around the world. Yes. Oh my but, gosh. I, this is, what an incredible moment. I, I just think I'm completely like, um, but from, from, I mean, for, for our viewers and people who are going to watch on the watch parties and they're going to mm -hmm. do the replays, mm -hmm. if they were to commission something for themselves, can we get, can, do you mind sharing with us some, like some of the, the, just the, the, the information, like what's the size? What? Oh, well, this is a 20 by 20 canvas. Okay. It's gallery wrapped canvas, so you can hang it without framing it if you oh, choose to. Yeah. You could frame it if you wanted to. I think this is a good format. Um, I could do bigger. It could be a little. It could be a little awkward. And the smaller, you might not get the detail. This is mixed media, so there's actually pieces of painted paper in here that have been embedded as part of the leaves. So it's almost three-dimensional in some oh, places. Yes. You can see some of that. Mm. Um, I will be putting this on my my Facebook page, a completed one. 
that you can like zoom in and look at the detail and see there's a little iridescence on the hummingbird and, right. and so oh, on and so forth. Um, but and and you are are you? I just want to be sure that I'm not putting words in your mouth. But but people can commission something like this. Well, now that I've tried it with you and had so much fun with it, I would say yes. Okay, I good. Um, I would say that. Um, and and if I could share just a little something about yes, my, my ideas about art uh, as a collector. Um, all the years when I wasn't painting, I was buying art. <laughs> I, I sold a piece of jewelry once to buy my first original art, which was a lithograph. Uh -huh. I think there's a progression between, you know, going from the postcards and the posters to prints like a lithograph to paintings and so on. Right. But um, I realize also, too, from another collector, someone who bought one of my paintings, who followed me for a number of years. In fact, I was unloading paintings one time and she ran up to me on the street and she said, are you my artist? I, I don't know about your artist. <laughs> Well, she had been buying greeting cards with my paintings on them for a number of years. Oh. And she met me at Open Studios, but, you know, that can sure. be kind of hectic. Sure, and she came back and she bought an 18 by 24 canvas. Eventually, she, you know, was able to do that. So I think things can build up. But I thought I really want to make art as a way to enhance your environment and your home and your your comfort in your home. Yes. Um, and a, a way to express yourself. Um, I wanted to make that accessible. And so I don't sell just originals. Um, I'll, I'll, some artists, you know, frown on actually too much reproduction work, but um, I have a very high quality vendor that will reproduce my paintings um, on canvas like the original um, on paper with frames uh, metal prints that are super gorgeous I was worried about them at first because they were so modern I wasn't sure I'd like anything that modern but they're fabulous um, and even <gasps> oh my gosh that's beautiful the quality you can see the quality amazing you can see the color and the detail I was saying these coasters just came. I just got my first sample. This would you could put this in a shadow box frame. Absolutely. And it would be gorgeous on your wall. Or you can stick it on your desk so you don't, you know, your sodas don't make rings. <laughs> um, but I felt really strongly that I wanted to make good art accessible at all price points. That's wonderful. And everybody can't afford an original, and I get that. I mean, I couldn't for years. And I worked my way up to the postcards and the posters and the lithograph before I started buying um, other people's paintings um, myself. And, and But it's no reason why they shouldn't have it in their life. Exactly. So, and um, I have a, a large selection of, of, of my works are available through my website yes. um, in all kinds of media, in all kinds of sizes. Great. I love this because, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, I'm going to join you now. Hold on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, we, we sort of had this brainstorming session before mm -hmm. we went live. And one of the things that I thought before we really focused on this heart, which I cannot tell you how much joy, just even mm -hmm. through the 
computer. Like I can just feel it radiating. And I, I'll need to talk to you about that later. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you could share with us, like for me, one of the things that I went to was, wouldn't it be cool to see some of your artwork in the background, you know, the background yes. for these interviews yes. and things like that. Yeah. So, and, and the reason why, you know, I love these kind of impromptu brainstorm sessions, sessions is because we were talking about how COVID has changed our life. And so yeah. our relationships have changed. They've become these two dimensional video relationships. And I, one of the questions that was in my mind is, has this change in the way that we are living helped you to market your pieces in a different way? Or were you always? Well, it has, because you know, the galleries were for the most part closed. Right. And now are only partially open and in some places. So um, I, immersed myself in a different way for trying to get myself back in the screen. Yeah. <laughs> immersed myself in a different way of making my work available to people. Um, I threw myself into social media. And you know, when you're a dinosaur, that is not that's not easy. Uh, but I am on Instagram and I love Instagram because it's a visual media and you can look at a layout and, and I have quotes and I have pictures of, of work in progress and I have paintings and it's very um, mindful and it's choreographed sort of. You look at the whole page. And then I've got Facebook where people might want to see like the phases of a painting. There's a lot of layers in this painting and it started out looking a lot different than the way it ends up and that's part of the normal process. Um, and some people like to see that as well. Um, and then on my website, um, you can look at galleries for original art right. and then you can look at the, the galleries for uh, landscapes, abstracts. I have a whole gallery for hearts because right. <laughs> it's, it's a great, you know, it went from a great way to just put wonderful color mm -hmm. to a way to express feelings and themes, etc. And so they're available there at uh, poroyart.com. Right. Oh, good. I'm so glad you mentioned yeah. that. We definitely want to make sure that we put all your contact information, all your social media info on our Facebook page on yeah. Confidence Strategies 101. But I did want to show you, I do get to see some of the comments that we're getting. So I just wanted to give a little shout out okay. to Jose. Um, Jose says, the best is spectacular. So <laughs> there you go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and Robin says, it's stunning. So I know that that oh, was thank you. what you were showing us. Oh, somewhere. I love that. And then we have Dr. Cat. So, oh, yes, I, I, know she's Kat. One, I know she's one of your favorites. So we have a oh. mutual admiration society going Lovely. here. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I'm... I'm just so excited because I'm you and I also talked about perhaps, you know, getting together with five or six or seven other artists oh, yeah. uh, in December and doing this whole. I think that'll be so fun yes. because I've gotten to know artists all over the country. I love and we've that. connected artists and photographers and and yeah. they work very differently than I do. And that's exciting. Yes. You know, yes. I don't need to see more of me. <laughs> um, well, we do you know, and it's like 
the reason why I think it was so fun to talk with you and try to get into your head to do the Milagro heart was it was to get away from just me. You know, it, it was a new, you were a new horizon for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm very charged of territory. <laughs> I'm very but, proud yeah. to be your guinea pig. <laughs> oh, and, and these other artists are so fascinating. They're doing oh. such interesting, meaningful work. It's oh. so fantastic. And I think it would be really fun to have us in a room, a virtual room together. Yes. yes. And, and now that I'm not scared anymore, I want Right. To. I know. See? <laughs> See, I would never have known that you were you were a little bit, you know, you had a little trepidation before this. I'm just so glad that we did this. And um, for those that don't know, Maria and I also did a live in-person, you know, art event that we collaborated on before. And I can't wait to do this again. I miss yeah. it so much. So I can't wait to do, you know, to get back into yeah. that. Um, and while yeah. I wish you could reach out and touch and feel it, we can get as close to the camera as possible. <laughs> but, you know, second to making the painting, second to making the work, talking about the work is almost as good. Right? You know, telling everything's got a story behind it. Yes. And I think what's really, what I love about this particular interview mm -hmm. is we were able to share, you were willing to share your story of, where you came from and what those challenges and adversities were to this beautiful, colorful life that you created for yourself. And I, I mean, that right there, if that's not inspirational, I don't know mm -hmm. what it is. <laughs> well, I, want, I wanted to share it for that reason. I don't want to dwell too much on the dark side, but maybe I wouldn't make the same art that I make today. Um, when you go through tough things, you develop a certain um, rawness, a certain sensitivity. You feel things. Yes. Um, so I like to think that my empathy skills are pretty well developed. Yes. Um, and, you know, that I can respond viscerally to things in the world and yes. turn them into art. Yes. So 100%. maybe you need to get beat up a little to get there. <laughs> well, that's what they say about it's us. Process. Right? <laughs> um, before I let you go, is mm -hmm. it possible that we can see, because I know that you've got some other artwork behind oh, the heart. You? So yeah. I'm going to put you back on the solo screen so we can get a okay. glimpse. If you don't mind sharing. No, no. Okay, good. <laughs> Hold on. Let me do this here. There we go. Okay. And if you could let just grab this one there. Yeah. This one is. Oh, this is very complex and different. It's called In the Beginning. I started working on this. I'm sorry that it's getting a lot of reflection. That's okay. Um, That's okay. I started working on this early in the sheltering in place period, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it had um, a little bit of an ominous feel, a little bit of dark yes. and apocalyptic kind of thing. And yes. As I worked on it, I said, I need the ocean, the waves coming in here and brightening it up and, and creating something different out of it. And so instead of being the apocalypse, it ends up being Genesis. Right. So in the beginning. And, and I, I, I do love the moody skies. You can't really yeah. see the color as well as I wish you could here, but it's kind of a nice piece. It's yeah. 18 by 24 on canvas. 
it's framed in a laminated gallery frame that's textured to look like copper, which picks up the little bits of gold leaf and things I use in the painting. Right. So that's kind of, that's a personal favorite right now. Yes. Um, oh. And I kind of got the last event that I participated in in public with people <laughs> uh, was the, a jazz festival here in Monterey. Uh -huh. And I was kind of mentally getting into um, that when I was working on a few things before before the event. And I love Cajun music, and I love New Orleans, and I love Zydeco. And <laughs> this is one of two that I did. One's called Eco Eco, which I don't have here now, but this one's called Big Chief. And if you know about the traditions in New Orleans about the big chiefs, uh -huh. the elaborate costumes and the dancing in the streets, and this this is evocative to me of that that human shape. And so, if you're a right. fan of New Orleans and jazz and abstract mm -hmm. and way intense color, yes, it's twenty by twenty. Also, the same size as a heart, but you know, a totally different feel. Yes, absolutely. I don't know if it's my camera or my, but we lost, we've got a little pixelation now, and I know that we haven't moved or changed anything. So, um, mm. but, but why don't you, if you don't mind, oh gosh, look at that. If you don't mind telling us again what your website is and where people can sure. connect with you, um, I think we have done our job with this um, interview, Maria, because oh, we've got, at least two people that are inspired. <laughs> oh, look at this. Oh, good for you, Robin. I want to see what you do next. There you go. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, I'd love you to visit paroyart.com. Yes. And if you do and sign up for the mailing list, every now and then I do uh, a giveaway. And I do a drawing from my mailing list of, of you know, and, and give away a small print. So something okay. exciting could show up in your mailbox if you do that. Um, but if you like Facebook to see things in progress, or if you like Instagram to see more of a choreographed presentation, I'd love to see you in any of those places. Yes. And we will definitely have to do this again. I think that um, this has just been like, I hate to say it, but it's one of my favorites. Oh. <laughs> well, this is just about as much fun as the art show we got involved in right. way back then. I know. At the Payne Mansion, it seems that like was that was quite a setting. But um, so <laughs> from my heart to yours, thank you, Carmen oh. Milagro. Thank you, Maria. I this is being included in your program. Your, the people you've interviewed have been so wonderful. Thank you. Um, yes, they have. They are inspiring. So I wanted to throw my whatever into the mix. Oh, you sure have. It's just been, I, I wish we could just like take a tour of your studio and just we'll do that through your website and your Instagram. I promise if you visit the website, you will see some exciting things. Good. And thank right. you for spending your evening with me. I, I just, I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to do our artist like. This is so fun. <laughs> I have sure people that I need to contact now and say, okay, you have to watch the little <laughs> fireside chat I had with Carmen. That's right. And maybe we can pull something exciting off. 
Yes, I think we will be able to. I I, I think it'll be so much fun. Um, mm -hmm. I think you're off to the side a little bit, I though. There you go. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to make sure. Yeah. We and I, I like the idea of bringing some people from around the country. Yes, I think that have different really styles and different approaches and different stories to tell too. Because yes. it's all yes. it's so stimulating, right? <laughs> now these days, I want more spice in my food. I want more color in my art, and I want the music louder. There it's you go. Part, it's part of the isolation thing. We need to pump up the volume. There so. you go. <laughs> I think that's the the. That's the final quote of the day. I was going to ask you for your last words to inspire other people with what they're doing. And I think that was just perfect. There it is. Pump up the volume. There it is. Thank you, Thank Maria. You for coming. Night. I am so happy we got to do this. Thank you. Thank good you. Evening. Thank you. And where's your cat? Oh, Miss Eva <laughs> Rose. She yeah. has not left. Oh, she was here for the whole time. Oh, look. She was here the whole time. There. Oh, thank so you, Eva cool. Rose, for joining she's us. A little tired. She, it's a long shift for her. <laughs> Usually she's with, she gets her tail in my face. So. Right, right. <laughs> Maria, it was wonderful to see you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. And then I can't wait to see the Milagro Heart. I will send you a, a picture of the completed one. I think yes. I think it's pretty pretty fun. So. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm so honored. I'm just, I'm beside myself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'll get it off to you really soon. You take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a Happy great day. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, that was, I have to say, just so incredibly inspiring. Like, I, again, I can't paint, I can't draw a stick figure, but I might just try. You never know. That's what I hope that you get out of these interviews is just a little bit of positivity, you know, a little bit of inspiration that maybe allows you to do something that you wouldn't normally do. How's that? So all of you that stayed with us tonight, thank you for your comments and for being engaged. We really do love it. I wish I could do a better job of that. But at some point, I'll have a producer and then we will be fully, fully immersed in the actual real time conversations. But until then, um, oh, I should tell you who's coming on next week. Next week will be really fun too. joining us next week on Confidence Strategies 101 is a father and son musical dynamic duo, Luca and Luca. Dan is the bass player and his son is the drummer. So who knows, maybe we'll have some live music again. I can't promise anything. It's just gonna be whatever happens, happens, but I'm very excited for them to, to join us next week and be sure to check that out. And again, you know, just a final thank you to Maria Peroy for not only sharing her story and her time and her wonderful energy with us, but for also sharing some of her artwork with her, us. You know, she, she revealed her heart to us, pun intended. Um, and I'm very grateful and I can't wait to do this, our artist collective panel or whatever we're going to call it. I'm very excited about that. So once again, thank you to our sponsor, uh, Music City Hit Factory. They'll be launching soon. It's an online community educational music program, but it's so much more. It's going to be a pretty spectacular 
reveal when the entire project is gifted to San Francisco. That's all I can say, um, but I'm very excited. And then um, again, just thank you for tuning in each Tuesday night with me. It's great to know that we have some regular viewers who tune in time and time again. And I hope that you'll like and comment and, and share these videos that, um, that we're creating with you and for you. Um, I'll see you next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Uh, sorry about my little emotional breakdown today, but it was a good emotional breakdown. And I'm just thrilled. I can't wait to see this piece in, in person. So I'll keep you posted on all that. And um, please stay safe. Remember, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I hope that uh, you take that to heart and get your mammograms and take care of yourself because self-love is about taking care of your health. At least that's my point of view. And um, that's it. Thank you. We'll continue to explore and share our adventures together. And I'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Have a good night. Bye-bye.